20, 30, cuts midfield, 40, the kicker to beat, see you later. And the 40, and the 30, look at him go, 20, 10, DTR to the house. Here comes Donald, and he spins Burrow around and then trying to throw it away. TDLB, Raiders in the end zone. The Raiders have a touchdown. This is L.A. Football Mondays. Talking all things L.A. football with Rams Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. L.A. Football Mondays is brought to you by the Ford F-150 truck. With an available interior work surface and 12-inch touchscreen, it's built tough. Visit your local Southern California dealer to test drive one today. And now, here's Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, and Eric Dickerson. All right, we continue on. Everybody here on a Monday. Happy Halloween. Uh, all right. We are having someone call. We do need a listener haiku for Vic today. So uh, Kevin's going to answer. If you'd like to get in on that, please feel free. 866-987-2570. And we pay tribute and we honor Vic, who is yes. recovering from surgery. All went well. All went well. There we go, uh, Vic. It is. Uh, you want to explain to the people what Vic? No. Uh, what I'll no? say is this. Okay, good. It basically <laughs> took a week to prepare for the surgery. He had the surgery. And now, uh, I would say by next week, he should be good to go. Takes about a week to recover. That's it? Yeah. You sure about that? Well, so he can move around. <laughs> I mean, he would be good to go. Well, good to go. <laughs> okay, that's not what I meant, Eric. Oh, you said it. I know, but that's not. Okay. Eric. <laughs> That's not what oh, I meant. As you're taking my words out of context. That's right. I've been. That's happened to me before, but they didn't believe me. So yeah. you're saying Vic's gonna be free flowing when he gets up? <laughs> Feeling you. Yeah, he'll be able to feel. That's for sure. Anyway, we do need a listener haiku, and if you'd like to contribute the haiku, please feel free to call. Uh, before we get to that, so the Rams did not look good yesterday. Hard to imagine somebody could look worse, and it was the Raiders that looked worse, and Man. the Raiders looked horrible. I mean, really bad. And this season, Eric, for the Raiders, has been a disaster. Man, it's been terrible. I mean, I think a, a lot of us, I did too. I thought the Raiders would be a good football team. Me too. I thought they, I thought they had the right weapons in place. Uh, yeah. New coach. Devontae Adams, new coach. I mean, defense looked good. I mean, but man, I mean, they, they didn't score any points yesterday. They, no. they got blank in, in, in New Orleans. I mean, and you know, look, you can't blame it all. On, on the quarterback, you can't blame. It, it just it doesn't work like that. I mean, I, they, they they to me they they blaming everything on Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr they do it. Derek Carr Derek Carr ain't getting much much help either. I mean, I mean yesterday just one of the days. I mean, you have those kind of days. I mean, it just is. I mean, everything went right for the Saints and it didn't go right for them. But man, they are struggling badly. I don't even know what to say. But the Raiders, I mean, they just losing. Yeah. I got some bets out there that I'm, I'm gonna collect some some on. So. They're not right. They're not. We, you know, we talked about the Rams where they don't look in sync. They don't look like they're they're working together, um, and that's you know a lot of it has to do with the injuries with the Rams of not having guys in there consistently, and it's uh, it's still an issue for them. But for the Raiders, they you talk about looking clunky and just look out of sorts and doesn't feel like the offense has really gotten going. Josh McDaniel doesn't feel like they're you know that they. Everybody's on the same page. Like they have spurts where they, where the last week they ran the ball all over the field and Jacobs went crazy. Uh, and this week they can't score a point. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's bad because they 
as Eric said, they brought in Devontae Adams. They, they, they're trying to help him with weapons. Uh, and you can't definitely not put it all on Derek Carr because I don't think anybody's playing well for them. They haven't mm-hmm. had Darren Waller, the tight end, all-world tight end, for most of the season, which is de- definitely you know, affecting Derek Carr's play. So they've got to get the guys on the field, but it just doesn't feel like everybody's kind of buying in or bought into uh, to Josh uh, McDaniels, what he's doing right there. Yeah, well, Is there a possibility he's just not a head coach? Bam. I was, thank you, Fred. You said exactly what I was thinking. Yes. He's yeah. not a head coach. It's some guys that's like that. Yeah. I mean, Norv Turner. I like Norv. Norv is my, my, my friend. He's at the Rams. Norv's a great offensive coordinator. I mean, when he went to the Cowboys, that was yeah. the same offense we ran in, in L.A. Yeah. But he just wasn't a, he wasn't a good head coach. Yeah, no. Yeah, some guys are and some guys aren't. Some guys get it where they they need to be in that room with the, the, the particular group, whether it be quarterbacks, running backs, offensive line. That's where they thrive. But having to manage an entire team, well, you got personalities on the defensive side if you're an offensive coordinator – you got personalities, the guys that you don't normally interact with. There's a different kind of mentality on that side. You got to encompass everybody, and you know upper management is not for everybody. And sometimes guys get over their skis and can't really deal with things outside of their expertise. Say, coaching the quarterbacks, I can stay in that lane and be fantastic at it. But when I got to talk to the defense or defensive backs or ha- handle a traveling dispute because somebody was late and I got to hand down a fine to a certain guy. All those things come into play. Not everybody's cut out for it. And some coaches <clears throat> some coaches need to have other coaches that are just really good, like a great defense coordinator, a great offensive coordinator. And, s- and some coaches aren't, like you said, they aren't coaches. They're, they're more motivators, you know, mm-hmm. instead of head coaches. Like but, Ted Lasso. Yeah. It had nothing to do. He didn't know anything about soccer, right? But yes, he's a great motivator. Yeah, great, yeah. Mo- great, great motivator. I mean, some guys yeah. just motivate. They know how to get you motivated, and they have great coaches around, and they, and they get away with that. Yeah. But you know, hey, Pete Carroll's not coaching anybody really. He's he's motivating. Motivate. He, he, right. he was once you know a defense coordinator. That's what he was known for. But since he became a head coach, even at SC, he let his coordinators coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. You he got was have, the motivator. He was the yep, manager. Yep. Yeah. You got because you got somebody motivation. I'm gonna tell you something. That's big. You got a coach mm-hmm. comes in, and make you feel like, man, yeah, man, right, right. Damn, today's Monday. Let's today's Monday. Right. But I want to play the game right now. We ain't playing the Sunday. But I just he just motivated me so much. And speaking of that, what do you think is happening down there at, at, at Jackson State with Dion? You talk about motivating him down there. Hey man, he got he he got that whole not only just Jackson State, but he's got the whole world of HBCUs going going off. off. And yeah. putting everybody on the map. I mean, what he's doing, we don't talk about it a lot, and obviously on the show because we're out here, but what, what Dion has done, Jackson State and for college football, for a lot of folks that don't get a chance to see, um, you know, some black colleges in the South play football, um, he's bringing people out and getting money to the school and all those things and exposure and all of that. So, yeah. A coach, a head coach, gotta you gotta have some motivational skills in you. In you. Mm-hmm. All right, to both of you, who was the best motivator you ever played for? Ron Meyer, for me, Ron, Ron, no doubt. I mean, Ron Meyer was a great motivator. Um, listen, I, when I said that you want to play the game today and the day is Monday, and when you're playing on Saturday in college, man, I'm like, dang, man, I'm, he got it, got us off. He get there, get to talking, and he can start crying. I'm like, man, he crying, he loved this man because we start now as you as time goes on. You say, okay, Betty, cry. 
No, he ain't gonna cry today. He ain't gonna cry. That's my guy. He passed away from one, but we would still be Ben. Ben. No, he ain't gonna cry. Oh, he, oh he go, see, look, look, he's gonna cry. He's gonna cry. He's gonna cry. And sure enough, something break down. I won't forget, we were, my freshman year, we was getting our ass toe up too. <laughs> we were watching freshmen. And we'd say, come in every time, man, we've done this, we did that. I'm just sick of this, man. I'm sick of getting my ass whooped. I'm like, uh-oh, he's finna break down and cry. He's done crying, crying. <laughs> and then we played University of Texas, and won't forget it. <laughs> he comes in, give one of them. We got beat the week before, that that week. We're going to play Texas. We hated Texas. And he said, man, he got the, that, that, that speech was so moving. And he, he said, we're going to block a punt. We're going to run a kickoff back. You know, we're going to run through them. And he was like, we're just going through the road. What's going to happen? We're going to beat them 20 to 6. 20 to 6. That was our 20 to 6. Oh, we jumped up. 20 to 6. 20 to 6. Man, that Saturday, <laughs> we get on the field. I'll never forget it. Them guys, because we were freshmen. Uh-huh. Them guys, that's it. 20 to 6, huh? I'm like, well, how the hell they knew he said that? <laughs> <laughs> they beat they our, heard you. They, they beat our ass 20 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, who was your uh, your best motivator? Uh, oh, without a doubt, Hal Eustace, my high school coach. Without a doubt, he was the best. He had one of them. He was one of them guys that had all them sayings from 1950s, right? They just throw it at you, get your money's worth, do this, do that. Uh, he was just passionate about what he did, and the way he conveyed it uh, was like a tough love, father tough love. But when he got you ready to go, you could run through a wall for the guy, um, and then. Furthering it through my, just on my NFL days, been <laughs> played for a whole lot of great motivators. Some guys like you know like to hang out and have a good time, like Wayne Fonts. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to happy time wanted to, at, wanted to be at the club. Wanted to be yeah, happy hour was on his mind more so than anything else. Um, so it was hard to kind of take him seriously all the time. Um, but Ray Rhodes in Philadelphia was great. Ray Ray, you, you know, former defensive back. Played in the league. He was had always had a chip on his shoulder when he played. Chip on his shoulder as a defensive coordinator, and he got the job in Philly, and he fit right into the to the town of how tough it was. And his his night before the game speeches were legendary. And then day of the game, I mean, would go off like you were you were in combat. Like he would tell stories like he was in combat, and he had a tough upbringing, so he would tell stories about being in the neighborhood. And and having to steal a car to get away from people, and I had I had Joe, I had Joe and Johnny on my side, and one of them ain't going, and so he jumped in the van, and they were going, and he said to me, they're driving across the bridge, and in his mind, they lost control of the van, and they knew the van was going to crash because they couldn't control it anymore. Either the brakes went out or whatever. It said the van was about to crash, and we decided that we were going run to the back of the van because that was going to be the easiest way we were going to survive this crash. So they ran to the back of the van, crashed, jumped out of the, the van, threw them out of the van into the into the river, that was the bridge that they were going over. And and he just tells the story and how they survived that. And, but he would say it and so many, and that's how I got my back. That's how I'm, that's what I'm telling y'all. You got to have your back. I don't care what it is. You got to run to the back of the band. You got to run to the band and they're going to have your back. And my boy have your back. And now he had had like four or five cognacs in him. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling the story. But it was, you going to let somebody come in your house. <laughs> He would tell stories like that, vandalize you, 
right? Put tape on your mouth. Sit you in the front room. <laughs> do some stuff to your curtains and your and your carpet and your and your and your couch. Then take your sheets and just gonna wipe his face with it and leave. And you're not gonna do nothing. You're gonna be okay with that. You're gonna be okay with that. That's what the Cowboys about to do to y'all tomorrow. <laughs> you want some of that? <laughs> you better ball up your fist. <laughs> well, that's all y'all did was ball your fist up. They wouldn't hit nobody. <laughs> oh, my God. It was legendary. It was legendary. Legendary. Guys would run. Like, normally you straggle in for that Saturday night meeting. Like, oh, come on. What are you going to say now? Let's just go to bed. But guy, even the special team guys that don't normally come to all the meetings, they couldn't wait for the Ray Rose <laughs> for the game talk. Uh, it was amazing, amazing. You know, I, I will say that I thought one of the best motivators that I had known, and you know, when I was in high school and stuff, was the man with no fingers, Ed Ranshaw. Ed Ranshaw. I never heard of him. Who is? Ed Ranshaw I was. I know the, he was a motivator. You told many stories about Ranshaw. Yeah, no, Ed Ranshaw was really a motivator. Well, maybe because he had no fingers. Well, maybe that motivated him. Yeah, he would get up there and he would really deliver a speech. But he wouldn't point no fingers, was he? No, he wasn't pointing no fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <Terrible>. asking. <laughs> Horrible. Now, granted, he didn't have the most talent to work with at West High School in Phoenix, West Phoenix High School. Okay. Uh, Home uh, of the Thunderbirds. Uh huh. I think we won one game in the four years I was there. Okay. But he gave a good speech. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, didn't he have another job, some doing something else? Oh, he was in charge of programs. That's sales, right. That's Arizona why I know State that name. Yeah. And the Phoenix Sun. Okay. Yeah. So he got you that gig. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what made it? him such a great motivator, though? He he was a big guy. He looked yeah. like an offensive lineman, and he was really yeah. loud. Yeah. And he would just get up there and just go, just shout, just motivate these guys. But I mean, at West High, when I was going to school there, they didn't even have a kicker. They had mm-hmm. a, a backup quarterback. West High was that? Was it brothers at that school? Uh, a few. That sounds like a there black were a few. Like a black school, West High. No, yeah, West, West High Thunderbirds. Yeah, West yeah. High. West High Thund- T-Birds, like home of the, the Thunderdome. Thunderbird, like to drink. Yeah. <laughs> Thunderbird costs like a dollar. Yeah, right, back a dollar ninety nine. Right. Oh Thunderbird yeah. Wine. Goes, yeah, good going down, but boy, Ooh. you had a headache the next day. That an MD twenty twenty. That Mad Dog. Yeah, that too. It could go down. Oh, my God. Yeah, you wanted a quick, cheap one. You get, get one of them. Boy, you're going to pay for it later. <laughs> All right, are we ready for the haiku? <laughs> I think so. We've been in the gutter for like 20 minutes. I know. It's time for the listener haiku to pay tribute to Vic. And today supplying the haiku is Gabe and Chino. Gabe, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon, Rodney. Good afternoon, Gabe. How are you, buddy? I am excellent today. Excellent. Okay, now, you've prepared a haiku. Did you work on this for a while, or are you just going to go off the top of your head? This haiku is one of my favorites that Vic does, because this oh. is a tribute to Vic. All right. Oh, very nice. Okay. Very, very nice. You so, put some thought into it. I like it. We, yeah, that's great. All right, Ronnie, start the music. And now, with the Daily Haiku at 2... Here is Gabe from Chino. Go ahead, Gabe. This haiku is from Gandhi. He says, an eye for an eye, and the whole world will go blind. 
I'm feeling you. That's right, Vic. I missed that. What? Said. What? That's not <laughs> what Gandhi said. An eye for an eye and the whole world to go blind? Is that Sealing you! <laughs> How you know Gandhi didn't say that? No, he didn't say that. How you know? That is that quote. <laughs> that <is> motivational. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> cool. <laughs> Are you saying Gandhi said that, Eric? I'm just asking. How y'all know Gandhi didn't say it? Did you know? Do you know how Gandhi said I'm just said? repeating what Vic said. Okay, no, Vic. Ne well, maybe Vic did see. Say that. That's, I'm trying to see. There you go. That's what I'm saying. How you know he didn't say that? Yeah, maybe Vic did say that at one point. Wow. <laughs> Gabe, we appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe. I like that one. Gabe, I don't know if you recorded the haiku correctly. <laughs> you, you recorded it right from Vic. We have to check that tape. Uh -huh. It's been a while since Vic said that one, so yeah. I misinterpreted it a little bit, but I gave it what I got. All right, all right. Gabe, well done. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. It's lit. Fire! Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Watch your mind, buddy, Jacob and Ronnie. If you suffer any kind of personal injury, and please be careful tonight. But if something should happen to you, you need an attorney, the best attorney. Our attorney, Jacob and Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. A.J. Brown of the Eagles had a big day yesterday. Three touchdown passes in their big victory over Pittsburgh. And uh, this morning, he tweeted that, uh, well, the NFL decided to randomly drug test him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just coincidence. Maybe this was always in the pipeline. But he was like, funny how I have one of the best games of my life. And all of a sudden, the NFL wants to do a quote-unquote random drug test. So, E.D., when you ran for two, 248 or whatever it was against the Cowboys, did they drug test you the next Man, week? Man, they weren't drug testing players back then. Players doing, they were doing all kinds of stuff. Cocaine. They were doing steroids. I mean, <laughs> they, 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 they could have drug tested me because I wasn't doing nothing. You know, now if they, they could looked into my mind and saw all the girls I was thinking about, <laughs> I'd, have been put, I'd have been on a little bit of Different suspicion. kind of test. Different kind of test. <laughs> but, nah, we didn't, we didn't do that. Did you uh, know? Little suspect, yeah. Go ahead. I just want to know both of you. Did you know when you were playing against somebody who was on steroids or using coke? Could oh. you tell? Hell yes. The, the 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 guy, yeah, the big fellas, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could tell. Man, Fred, I will never forget it. We played the Saints. I cannot think of this guy's name. He was a defensive lineman. I hit him in the thigh. Mm -hmm. And you know, like a cartoon, like you just kind of slide down. The, mm -hmm. the, and I'm like, Damn. I'm like, okay, is he that hard? I done got that soft. I mean, I'm tripping. I'm like, I mean, he was so strong. Like, you couldn't, I mean, he like, I'm like, man, this is crazy. So after the game, I asked, I said, I said something, but I said, man, so-and-so for the for the Saints, he said, oh, he on that juice. I'm like, okay, he on something, man. Cause I said, he is hard as concrete. His thighs, oh yeah, strong. Yeah. Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you knew. Rodney was Rodney. You knew. Were you on the juice Rodney? No. No, no. But you knew and and, and knew on, you knew the guys in your team on your team. Oh, we had some guys on the team you on know, the juice. Remember oh, the, sure. the guys used to put that uh DMSO on the DMSO. Ain't that true? Uh, DMSO. That's what right. is DMSO? It was, it was a, for, for horses. horses. Right. For horses. <laughs> no, it's for horses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, it helps the horse heal. It smells like, like, it smell like garlic. A, yeah, Strong garlic. They put it on the horse. It's a topical cream that you put on the horse and have them, it helps them heal quicker and things like that. So guys that were injured, a lot of them would, would put this on their bodies. And then they, you know, you, you kind of wrap it up and then you sleep with it or you go home with it. But it gave off just an odor 
like within a what, 50 feet radius Ooh, of it you. Strong. It was a strong it was odor. It was in your it was in your breath. It was in your pores. It came out when you sweat. Mm -hmm. So you're in the huddle and you just know exactly. Oh, that guy's got that DMSO on. Oh, got that DMSO. oh man. But hey, illegal we, though, Fred. Highly illegal. Right. <laughs> we, we had we had a guy on, Highly the, on, on, the, on the Colts. He was offensive lineman. He was on the juice. Made all he made all pro. We knew he was on the juice. Brother, we played. I think I told you this. Too. We played the, the uh, in the Pro Bowl and Reggie was Reggie White. He was mm. Reggie White trying to block Reggie White. Damn steroids didn't help him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie White, I never yeah. knew we ran a draw play. Now the draw, you know, but back yeah. sets. Yeah. Reggie White picked him up and threw him into me. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, damn. I'm like, that yeah. you say help him. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie had the Lord on his side. It's all yes, the only yeah. juice he needed. Yeah, Reggie right. was country Reggie strong. You boy. ain't lying. Ooh. I seen him do that to Larry Allen from Dallas Ooh, Cowboys. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Reggie was strong, man. And he was mm. country strong. Yep. Man. Fire sale continues in Chicago. They traded away Robert Quinn last week to Philadelphia. And earlier today, they traded uh, star linebacker Roquan Smith to Baltimore oh. for second and fifth round picks. Baltimore's defense has not been that good this year, to say the least. But this will be a huge pickup for them. How do we feel about the pickup of Roquan Smith going to Baltimore there, Rodney? I think it's big. Baltimore is on the verge. Everybody's kind of counting them out. But Lamar's starting to play well that last game he played. Now, now listen, Tampa Bay's not exactly great. But Lamar looked good, especially in the second half. And he's starting to feel a little bit more. Now they have to show up that defense. It has been a bit of a problem this, this season. So that's a big addition for them. Because the offense, their offense is going to score points going down the stretch. It's that defense, so it helps them a lot. Well, I mean, I didn't, I, I haven't watched the Ravens that much this year, but I do know this much here. Uh, Lamar Jackson should get paid. Mm. I mean, he, he, should, he yes. should, he should, get his money. Uh, and I'm sure that. Then, when I think about, when I do think of Baltimore, I think of defense. I, yeah, I, I, right. think, I think of defense, and I think of yeah. Baltimore Ravens. So I'm sure that will help their defense. And I know one thing: why don't they get Justin Fields some help in Chicago? Oh my God! Get that boy offensive line, man. It's like it's, horrible. It's terrible. And you know what kills me is I hear the comment: Well, Justin's not doing this. I'm like, Justin is running for his life. Yeah. He's making stuff happen. They might have the worst offense in the in, in the league. Oh yeah, I mean, worst. Yeah. UCLA picked up another victory this past weekend against Stanford. Looked pretty dominant. And an uh, interesting thing what that comes to say, out of, Kevin? Oh, nothing at all. <laughs> okay. USC won, too. Okay. okay. Just maybe not as dominant, Just but they won. won. That's all that matters. Make it an afterthought now. You got to jump on that. SMU day, won, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, SMU won, Kevin. Yeah, yeah they, they did. My, we won. We my, won. Who did they beat this weekend? I'm uh, sorry. I forgot. <laughs> what nobody did. We won. I know. All I know is we won. But one thing, we talked uh, ad nauseum about the – UCLA leaving the Pac-12, or at least trying to, with the Board of Regents getting involved. You know, and one thing that gets talked about is the amount of money that they make. But one thing that Chick Kelly brought up yesterday was the fact that was exposure. Just the fact that a lot of games that get played in the Pac-12 kick off late at night. Their game against Arizona State this coming weekend is going to be at 7.30. And he says, we have guys who probably will be in the running for a lot of big-time awards, but nobody actually sees them uh, because they play so late. So he said one of the actual good byproducts of going to the Big Ten will be we're going to have earlier start times, more exposure, more times on the highlight shows, and actually more uh, chances for our guys to get recognized. So that's something that a lot of people don't really discuss. It's all about the money and how much money you'll make by going to the Big Ten. Chip Kelly says don't lose sight of the fact that we'll get more exposure too. It's absurd for anybody to say it's a bad idea. It's absolutely mm -hmm. absurd. It is a giant stage. The recruiting will change. The school will make more money. It, it for them to 
I'm not going to go go off on it now, but you know, for the border regions to say you can't go or you didn't check with us, all they want is Cal to go. That's it. That's that's the whole story here. They said we're taking Cal too. Wouldn't it be a conversation? Not you're right. One second. You're right. And we will talk about it. It's more like from what you just said. A business. It's a from a business standpoint. It's a no-brainer. They got to go. But people speak more from the emotional side of it. Like when we were talking, you know, and I forget the the, the the reporter who said that he spoke to a lot of people from UCLA and USC that they were didn't want to make the move. Oh, that and was I, George Cleopas, yeah, the commissioner. Right, right. Said they didn't want to make the move, which is true because people I talk to, they still feel like the Pac-12 is out here. That's ours. We want to be a part of that. But they do understand from a business standpoint that you got to go. You got to go. So... It is, it is all about Cal going. They're playing the charade, but that's all it's about. Uh, first of all, it's about them dead presidents. That's it's about, it. That's about that money. That's you know, it. Uh, that's what it, man, all that other stuff sounds great, but you know, it's about the money. Let's make it plain and simple. And that's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. All right, it's a moment that changed Eric's life. If you know this story, I'm looking forward to hearing it again. And if you don't, it'll be hard to believe. That's coming up next. Ford Truck Month is here. Visit your local Southern California Ford dealer and get behind the wheel of a new Ford F-150 truck. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Credit. That's credit. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Together, all right, we can make things happen. Presented by your Southern California Ford dealers. This is LA Football Mondays. Visit buyfordnow.com. Now, here's Eric Dickerson, Fred Rogan, and Rodney Pete. AM570LA Sports. Uh-oh, here it comes, Fred. Don't get scared. Remember this? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Hit it. Do the dance, Fred. Do the thriller dance. There it is. Ready! 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 Ready. Freaky Freddy, ladies and gentlemen. Freaky Freddy. Y'all should see what we see in here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eric, this is a day uh, that really changed the course of your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Halloween, uh, it was no trick. (laughs) It was was no treat either. (laughs) It was no treat. Start us from when you woke up in the morning, don't leave anything out. Uh, okay, don't leave nothing out. Okay, I woke up in the morning. I went to the bathroom. You know. Okay, you can leave that out. <laughs> and by the way, this is when Eric was playing now, for the Rams. I was playing for the Rams. So uh, I woke up. It was Halloween. It was Halloween. Um, we went, went to, I think went to practice. Like went to practice like normal. Um, came back that evening. We go to go to a Halloween party. Me and some guys. Matter of fact, Jim Gray. Me, Jim Gray, and another guy was going to a Halloween party. Jim Gray always is everywhere. Yep, Jim Gray. This is you know, always. one thing about Jim Gray. Always. You turn around and Jim Gray standing Stand right, right behind you. Yep. Always. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the thing I liked about Jim, I could tell Jim anything. If I say don't say nothing, he wouldn't say it. That's why I became close with Jim. Yeah. So Jim Gray was at my house, and me and another guy, and we were going to go to a Halloween party. And I was dressed like, a, like an Indian chief. I had a big, I still had my big headdress, the war paint on my face. 
Um, and the phone rang, and I'm like, and this is like, it's probably like eight o'clock at night, so we're gonna go to, we're gonna get to this, this party. And I'm like, it's, I said, I said, I said, I said, I said come, come on, I'm saying, I'm like, I'm gonna answer the phone. No, come on, let me answer the phone right quick. Pick up the phone, Biggie. I'm like, Coach Meyer, what's going on? I said, yeah. He said, we just made a trade for you. I'm like, huh? <laughs> we just made a trade for you. I said, really? I, I didn't know where he was. I said, where are you? Well, Sam? you didn't know he was coaching. I had, I didn't know he was in Indian. I had no clue he was coaching in Indianapolis. None wow. at all. He said, um, we have a, he said, we have a ticket for you. Uh, I said, one o'clock, like it was twelve fifty-five. Get on. He said, B, I'll meet you in the morning. We're gonna go over some plays because we playing. You're gonna probably play some this weekend. I'm like, <laughs> okay, man. I hung up the phone, and Jim said, I said, man, I just got traded. What? I said, yeah, I just got traded. That's how I found out. So I run upstairs, you know, get out of my outfit, you know, start packing my clothes. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, I, man, Fred and right. I was really hurt, though. I was yeah. hurt. I, I mean, I was hurt by that because, I mean, I, I like playing for them, even though they wasn't doing me right. I mean, but but I wanted to play for them. Okay, now, so boom. I go get, get dressed, you know, and then Jim's like, man, let me, let me go by the studio and do an interview right quick. I'm like, man, I got to come on, man. So I go by, he gave me one of these little tight jackets, <laughs> jacket little tie home. <laughs> you know, we go by ESPN studio, a studio here in LA. Matter of fact, we got pulled over by the police. Police pulled us over. On the way? Yeah, on the way. They pulled us over. And uh, Jim said, hey, this is Eric. He said, y'all know Eric. He said, man, he just got traded. The police like, what? He was shocked too. He said, let me take y'all to the studio. Oh, so he <laughs> gave me escort? Yeah, gave escort oh, to the wow. studio. So he escorted wow. to the studio when I did the interview. Um, got him up, you know, got on the flight. You know, flew in, flew in, flew in Indianapolis. I won't forget this flight because I was on the flight, and um, you know, leaving LA when he took off, looking at all the beautiful lights and stuff in of LA, and let the let the, you know let the, let the the shade down. Fell asleep, woke up, and I won't forget the captain said we we're landing in Indianapolis. As I let the shade up, man, all I saw was cornfields. I'm like, <laughs> man, what the hell? I mean, it was like yeah. when I say a, a night and day change. Got there, sure enough, Ron, picked me, Ron met me at the airport and, uh, you know, with some other guy, other people from the Colts and went in, ran over play, went on, went over plays because we were leaving pretty much. That was a Saturday. We were leaving. Friday, I said, we, I think we're leaving the next day or that day. I mean, maybe the next day. Yeah, the next day, we're leaving the next day to go to New York, play the Jets. And sure enough, they got me up, um, they got me up on, on speed. I played a couple. I think I had like 40 yards in that game or something like that. But, man, I, I just was not. I'm like I, I was shocked that they did it, but I had a good season. I ended up with like 1,300 yards rushing that year. All right, but you heard mm-hmm. from Ron Meyer. Mm-hmm. Did the Rams ever call you? No, no, no. You know, you know, you know what the Rams called me for? I they they sent me a letter that, that you know I had to send them pay pay my signing bonus back to them. So my my signing bonus that I got from the Rams and I got drafted my my uh, $500,000 signing bonus, I had to repay them. It was it was oh. supposed to be a, a, a forgivable loan. And then look at me. I could have probably fought it and said, you know, right. But man, I was so pissed. I'm like, I'm a man. I'm. I say, f y'all. I don't want nothing to do with you. I say, I give you your money back. That's how pissed I was at them. Because because the coach gave me a five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, so I give him. I send it to them. That's how I, I, I paid. I paid them back. Um, but man, it was. It, I mean, it was. It was just what it was. But now, boom. Let's fast forward. So that next year, uh, on my my trade, we played on Monday night football. We played on Monday night. And uh, I had four touchdowns on Halloween, four touchdowns, and uh, I think fastest four touchdowns in, I think in NFL history or something like that. You know, I had four, I had, I had a, like a 40-yard run, a 10-yard, 30. I mean, we played the Broncos. We beat them up. We beat them, we beat them up pretty good. But I won't forget that because, um, you know, still to this day, man, I, I wish that I could have played my whole career for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, but, 
you know, back then it was it was different. And John Shaw, he told he, he told me later, he said that I, I want to send you to Siberia. I want to, you know, because the Redskins had a chance to get me. And that's where I wanted to go. Now, if I went to the Redskins, man, I'd have had me a Super Bowl because they won a Super Bowl that year. And Timmy's what, Timmy Smith, the running back? Timmy Smith. He had 200-something yeah. yards. I'd have had yeah. 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. crazy. Oh, man, it's crazy. But that, that that's how the trade went down to Indianapolis. I mean, it happened. And I say it happened quick. It happened really quick. And they got they got they got eight they got two first rounders. Wait, they got two first rounders, two or three, I think two first rounders, two second rounders. And uh it was all they were told it was eight players for me. That's what that's they got. And really the only one that really kind of panned out was uh Flip Anderson a little bit. But other than that, nobody really panned out in that trade. So that it it, it, it really gave them nothing. When did you oh. finally hear from the Rams? I never heard from the Rams, ever. I I, I finally talked to the Rams to John Shaw. Um, years later, matter of fact, um, after I'd retired, and Jackie said, "Man, you talk to John?" Shaw. I said, "Man, I don't talk to no John Shaw." I said, "John Shaw messed over me. I don't want to talk to him." He said, "Man, he always say he likes your respects." I said, "Man, the hell with John Shaw." I mean, and he always asked Eric, "Man, John, want you to call him?" I said, "Tell him to call me." So finally, uh, one day he called me, and he said, "You know, as his secretary called and said, Eric Dixon." I said, "Yeah, um, John Shaw, I'd like to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay," and get someone out of that voice. Hey, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Well, what's up, John? How you doing, Eric? I said, I said, what's up, man? Good. He said, um, can we get together and maybe get a grab a lunch or something? I said, yeah, when? So he gave me a date, and I said, okay, I'll meet you. And we met. Uh, we met right over uh, off of I think it's La Brea, La Brea. Uh, I forgot the rest of the Italian restaurant. Uh, La Siena Gas, the Italian restaurant that he goes to, and we met there. And uh, I won't forget the first thing he said, Eric. I just want to say this to you. He says, you're the greatest player I've ever seen play. He said, that was my fault. He said, my arrogance. He says, you should have always been a Los Angeles Ram. He said, you'll always be a Ram as long as I'm here. So anything I can ever do for you, you know, you can count on me. And that, you know, that kind of, that, 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 because, man, I, that's kind of sealed it for me. Because, I mean, I wanted to play for that team. I, man, I, man, I played for that team hurt, man, banged up. It didn't make a difference. I'm general. We're going to run the ball 30 times this week. Cool. We're going to run it 30 times. Okay, cool. I mean, I would do it back to back. No problem. Hurt. And so when John, when John said that to me, it really kind of let me. I, I let I let it go because I was I was angry. I mean, I, you say an angry black man. I was really angry. I was pissed because I was I was hurt and mad. I'm like, man, I think I deserve better than that. But you know, that's how it was. But let me tell you this: here. Dr. Bus. I saw Dr. Bus one night at a at a club at Ladome. Dr. Bus. Ladome. Remember Ladome? Ladome. Man, like yeah. Dr. And Dr. Bus always had all the pretty girls. Man, he had this girl with him, and I'm, I said. She 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 was on Kama Sutra. I remember she was on a movie. And so she goes away. She goes to the restroom. I say, Doctor Bus, how you doing? He said, Come on, Eric, you know. <laughs> Put them fingers out there. You know the money. <laughs> so we laughed. And he said, Eric, he said, I'm gonna tell you something, son. He said, You know, you should have never left L.A. He said, You're part of L.A. He said, I tried to buy the Rams from Georgia. He said, But she wouldn't sell them to me. I said, Really? He said, You'd have never left. I'd have been here. And I believe that. I'm for sure. I mean. But that's how that's how that trade went down. It went down. It, it went down quick. Yeah, and you know it was it was it been, Indianapolis was okay for like a year or two, but let me tell you something, brother. That ain't no place you want to live. That's the first yeah. time I'd ever seen a Klan rallies in Indianapolis. Like a real live, a real live Klan rally. Hats, you know, posters, you know, hang them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and out there, I mean, you know, it was, it was so different in Indiana. I mean, it was places. Think about this. This is 1987 when I went to Indianapolis. It was places that black guys couldn't go. They told us, told me. It's, it's anything, it was like Kirbyville, anything with a villa or a burg, you didn't go to. They would have places that they call 
or if it's called Whiteland, Wheatland, they changed to Whiteland. Mm. You didn't go out there. I mean, sir, you did not, and they, you knew you didn't go. I mean, I'm like, really, right? And they say, nope, you don't go out there. You go out there, you might not come back. So, but that was my Indianapolis experience. And when I, to me, tell you something, and to look, it's some great Colts fans. It really is. I'm sure it is. There's a few Colts fans now, but man, I don't never want to go back to that place. I don't even, my, 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 my girl and my, my kids, I got grandparents that love them, but I don't go back there unless I have to. I do not. They try to get me to come back for another thing into the coast. I'm like, uh, no, I'm good. Mm -mm. I just say I have no allegiance to that team. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, I have more allegiance to the Cincinnati Bengals than I play with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure with the Raiders. I mean, I mean, I feel like I was a Raider. I mean, for that one year, but but no, nah, but that's how that that's how the trade went down. Did uh, Jim Cray ever tell you how the Halloween party was? You say Jim Crow. Jim Gray. <laughs> Jim Gray. Jim Gray. He didn't go to the Halloween party. Jim I, Crow. He said, I say Jim Crow. Did I say Jim Gray? I said Jim Gray. Or Jim Crow. I'm like, Jim Crow. Like, what the hell is Jim Crow? Uh, no, no, I don't know if he even went to the party. I, mean, I didn't think about the party. I, I, then Jim came to New York. He came to New York when we, because they kept saying the trade is a lie. It's a lie. It didn't, it, it, it hadn't happened. And Jim, and they said, Jim, it's happening. It happened. So Jim, we played the uh, the Jets. He came to the hotel and interviewed me uh, before the game, the day before the game. That that's oh. man, that Saturday, yeah, before the game. So, you know, he was he was out. He was part of that whole deal. Ford Truck Month is here. Get behind the wheel of a Ford F one fifty truck and get after it with an available interior work surface. Visit your local Southern California Ford dealer to learn more. And we are back to wrap it up. Marcus Morris, Splash! Jalen Green leads the Houston Rockets into L.A. for a Halloween showdown with the Clippers. Clippers Countdown begins at 6.30 tonight on L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. AM 570 L.A. Sports. From the Rams to the Raiders to the Chargers, this is L.A. Football Mondays on AM 570 L.A. Sports. Eric Dickerson, Fred Rogan, and Rodney Pete are presented by your Southern California Ford dealers. Visit BuyFordNow.com. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Great job. Appreciate it. Eric, always a treat on Mondays. Always good seeing you guys. For sure. All right, we'll see you next Monday. And Rodney, you can have it tomorrow. Right on, right on. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dreams. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, to live and die in LA.